podcast is filmed before a live studio audience. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast with Jason and Mike. I'm Jason. And I'm Mike. And we're coming to you from the Pud Cave, located here in Game Swapping, beautiful downtown Lincoln in the great state of North Carolina. Mikey, brother, what is going on? We are TV stars. Shut up, man. <laughs> you know, right off the bat, dude. <laughs> We are. Well, we're on Fight TV. Thank you. Well, <laughs> stop telling me to shut up. <laughs> no, but I know. Stop what, being Richard. No, I know what you're doing. Stop Richard. being a dick. You're you're Richard for real, man. You're, that, <laughs> it's in your name, motherfucker. And I can say fucker on this show. <laughs> right we, off the bat. Right off the bat. No, you're you're egging me on. Stop Mike. yelling at me. Stop <laughs> <laughs> yelling at me. You know why? You know why, man? You're egging me on because of the whole TV title thing and the. <laughs> If you no, I'm not no man. I'm not doing it. You know why I'm not doing it today, Mike? It, even though you're trying, man, you're trying to get me mad, and and you're getting there. And the reason that I'm not, I'm not having, not today, Satan. That's all I'm saying. What? <laughs> I t- I took, what? I took it to a, I took it to another level there. You're out of control. Yes, I am, man. Too much coffee today, man. Too much coffee. But no, Mike. Um, today, brother, we're having a very special show, an impromptu show, actually. And um, on whoop. TV, <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's doing, Wayne. And you just heard me say, Wayne, if you read the description, if you can't hear him laughing in the background, <laughs> <laughs> there's Wayne, a mouse in here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and his name is Wayne Sisk. <laughs> <laughs> And that mouse knows a lot about music, brother. And uh, oh, but no, but uh, yeah, Wayne. Wayne says thank you for coming in today, thank brother. Thank you, for man. Me. And I know it was a short notice thing as well. Oh, yeah. um, you know, Mike. We had actually well, you you brought up at the beginning of the show how we're TV stars, and um, which we kind of are because we were on Fight TV. Yeah, I was just kidding about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, technically, yeah. But sure. technically, yeah. we were we we were on TV. We were on Fight TV, a pay per view. Mike, we actually last. Yeah, I watched week, all of my computer. <laughs> Y'all should see the tension in the room, man. I'm telling you, that's why we don't have video. The video would would, would be all staticky and melting and everything. You know, melt your TV, melt your TV, or your computer screen, or your phone. <laughs> Stop it. But Mikey, Mikey, dog, uh-huh. bro. But we did, man. We uh, we made our debut last week on on Fight TV, our pay per view, not yes. our not our commentating debut, All right? But it was our first time doing a pay per view. And uh, anybody that listened to last week's show, we were a little nervous, Mike. I was pissed myself, nervous, brother. <laughs> Let me tell you what, and, and that's no that's no shit, and that was a shoot. Uh, I drank so much water <laughs> that that whole time I had to piss so bad, and we didn't get a break. No, there was no break. There was no intermission. Well, there was an intermission for everybody else. Yeah, except for us. <laughs> except for us. We're running interviews. We had we, we had interviews to yeah. do, man. So which I'm was fun. standing that on the fun. stage, you know, really trying to, you know, not sell the fact that I've got to piss so bad. I can't stand it. After that show, I've never pissed for so long. I, it was like a five minute five minute piss I mean, like austin like, powers oh, Austin dude. Powers movie. it was just like that it was just like it was hurtful and and, and i was so happy and, and it, was, it was so so much pain and pleasure at, at the same, same time. time yeah i know when it was over you came out and said dude i've never pissed for so long in my life Dude. But I pissed like three times before the show because I knew I did. did. I did. I'm like, I'm going one more time, man. I can fucking get that last that last couple drops out, right? Because right. I'm, I'm a, yeah. Uh, yeah, I knew it was going to be a long night. And dude, you know, I said this on the weekly wrestling wrap up that you can catch every Sunday night at nine o'clock on L Town Radio. That's right. <laughs> but uh, I, I talked about this, man. But um, before the show, you know, like I said, we shoot on this show, and. Um, Chad, you know the the operator, owner operator, uh, the the main man at uh, USA Main Event Wrestling. You know he did a really cool thing, man. He put me over to the boys because um, you know, man, we spent a lot of time. You know, we did, brother, getting that, yeah. getting everything ready. Um, you know, uh, just getting the production ready, um, and, and it was a lot of work. But man, there was a lot of pressure too, Wayne. And uh, he did before the show. He was like, and everybody, I want to give a round of applause to Jason Finger over here, you know, for for being down here and helping getting this thing going. Everybody, you know, clapped and looked at me. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, holy shit, if this thing fucks up. It's on you. I, yeah. have, I have about 15 pissed off wrestlers, wrestlers no less, yeah. <laughs> coming up to me. Where's that son of a bitch that, that did this? You right. Know? 
And I mean, I was, I appreciated it, dude. And I, it did. It meant a lot, man. I mean, it really did. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. meant the world. And you, you, man, you came and kind of batted my man on the back, dude. It felt good, but at the same time, you want to talk about that pressure and oh, nervousness? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I was like, I gulped. Yeah. I was like, mm, okay, yeah. you know. Well, I'm glad for you guys that you had a successful evening. Yeah, that, yes. that right yeah, there. Definitely. Yeah, I, I could tell on the last show, on the last podcast, y'all were nervous but excited about it. Yes. Yeah. And that and, and you know it's it's great to do stuff like that if you get a chance that's awesome man well yeah. I, I tell you I'm glad we didn't have the hiccups on that pay per view that we had on <laughs> Thunder the Thursday Night Thunder yeah man because if there was anything that was going to happen it happened that night oh, Thunder the, the glitch gremlins were out in force that night <laughs> no man the the gods were and we would have shit us. shit the bed on on fight TV hard yeah yeah so that was. Well, one of the funny, well, I guess, quote-unquote funny, for me funny anyway, moments was uh, we had streamed it basically all day long because uh, we had a private, um, I guess what you call like a private server to watch the stream. So in other words, man, from, I don't know, 1 o'clock on, we streamed live on Fight TV, right. but only we could see it. You know, right. it wasn't actually being broadcast over Fight. And all day long, everything was fine. Everything right. was working good. Dude, the fans are coming in. This was a little after 6.30. You know, people are coming up to us talking all of a sudden. And I had Fight TV up on the, the PC where they could communicate with us. Ding. By like five or ten minutes till I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and I had people, hey, this is Jason. I had people introduce me. And I'm like, hey, guy, hey. And you know me, man. I try to talk to everybody. And I try right. to make time to, to, to really, you know, because I'm grateful yeah. to be there. But at the same time, it's like, ding. Fight TV, send a message. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, this is, you know, you got to do this, this. And I'm like, fuck, man, it's five minutes before the fucking show. We've been literally streaming for seven hours or, or you know, right, not, yeah, but, but, yeah, but really yeah. at least five. Yeah. At least five yeah. hours, six because hours. we got there probably about three o'clock, I know. Well, dude, we started streaming. Before that. Yeah, I was know. there at 12 o'clock, yeah. man, getting that <laughs> oh, shit going. Yeah. So, yeah, you're looking at close to seven hours of streaming. No problems. Everything's looking good. Everything sounds good. Ding, hey, hey, we need you to do something. I'm like dude the fans are here yeah. you know we're going live in like five to ten minutes and i was like which it worked out don't yeah. get me wrong it did but it, i didn't yeah. know how to do it at first i'm like oh god oh fuck oh shit you right know? right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh but but it worked out that's man. the order it goes yeah. into oh god oh fuck oh shit that, and that was yeah. it that was it man yeah. like say people coming up hey what's up jason i'm like ah oh, shut up man i can't up, man. <laughs> i can't talk right now shut up I'm trying to get on tv yeah seriously <laughs> man and uh but it did, and I tell you, man, one of the other one of the coolest aspects is once everything was said and done, Fight TV since man, guys, it was great. Everything looked and sounded great. Yeah, and that was cool, man. And, no, uh, moment. That's, that's just great. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm happy for you guys because I knew, like I say, it, I could tell you were a little nervous, but you were way excited. Way, yeah. I think way more excited than nervous. I don't know. Despite, <laughs> I was pretty just, damn nervous. And, and yeah. The admiration I have for you for not peeing yourself. That just, <laughs> oh, man, that was tough. I, I like I say, it's just. Uh, as an old man who, who pees oh, like 12 yeah. times a day, that's that's impressive. No, yeah. yeah. Like I said, brother, I, I think I'd have just had to excuse myself, man. I mean, we, yeah. we'll have to figure something no, out. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah, yeah. I have yeah, a sun drop bottle under the desk. It might get a little awkward. Yeah, uh, then it was yeah. that kind of wrestling show. Yeah, I always heard about, you know. <laughs> Why is Mike leaning like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can hear it coming over to feed. Hey, what is that? They got a leak or something? Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike is taking a leak. Well, yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh man, man. That, yeah, yeah. So that Everybody was, just kind of did that collective. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt. I know you got a plan set up here, kind of. No, we're like, not. So, uh, I know <laughs> the wrestling uh, with you guys being wrestlers and the wrestling uh, announcers and everything. The uh, that you probably know all the wrestling jokes, but I was just oh, wondering okay. if you'd heard this one. It's uh, about the Tokyo Twister. No. Okay, back in the 70s when wrestling was really going international, there was a famous wrestler from Tokyo called the Kamikaze, and he had a submission hold called the Tokyo Twister. Okay. And he was coming to America, but nobody wanted to fight him because the Twister was a hold that nobody could break, and he had actually crippled some wrestlers with it. Okay. So the promoter found this one young up-and-comer who thought, you know, I'd like to take him on. So he gets him in there in the ring, and he's going pretty good for a few minutes. And then you see the crowd go, oh, my gosh, he got him in the Twister. Well, the referee's moving in and getting ready to take the submission when all of a sudden the kamikaze gets shot 20 feet into the air comes down and crashes into the mat and the guy rolls over on top of him and gets the three count pin the promoter runs up to him and says what the heck happened he said well that tokyo twister was the most painful thing i've ever had 
and he said and i just was ready to black out when all of a sudden a pair of balls just went in my mouth so i bit down as hard as i could <laughs> and the, the announcer said the, the the promoter said you bit his balls he says no he bit his <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man! <laughs> nice. Oh. Damn it, man! This is not oh, Wayne. I'll man. say it a million times. I'll say it again. This is why I love for you to be on this show, brother. <laughs> wow. And you know, I don't even know. Well, y'all have a good one. Yeah. <laughs> That's there it, brother. Where do we go from there? Good night, Gracie. Yeah, <laughs> done and done. Um, you know, Wayne, uh, we, we were talking about the paper. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Done, man, done. We got to leave those for the end of the show. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. Um, well, you know, man, we, we were talking about the pay-per-view, and uh, usually after our paper, or after a, a USA main event uh, monthly show, the Saturday monthly shows, yes. we usually review the show more in depth, because right. we can't really go into it on our weekly wrestling wrap-up, because there's just so much wrestling yes. to cover on there. I mean, we still don't cover TNA or yeah. Ring of Honor. Or, Some, you know, I didn't even get to talk about uh, there at the end, you know, Thunders was actually a tournament for the tv title and i kind of missed that one out and i know that's another contention for you you know as far as tv titles goes but i missed that spot on there because there's so much we talked about wrestle yeah Kingdom, man we talked about the raws everything else that's going on in the week plus the pay-per-views plus the shows and the shows all right so much and dude it was right at two hours yeah and and the original show was an hour all right there's all right. no way yeah there's absolutely yeah. no way yeah uh, which is another reason why we don't play music on the podcast anymore. And, man, I kind of hate that. Yeah, right, right. You know, I really hate yeah. not put because, man, there's some really great independent stuff. I still try to share it on my personal page and even the podcast uh, Facebook page. Yeah. I always try to at least put some stuff up that I'm hearing on WTAU. But it also gives us a, a, a good opportunity to plug WTAU, P. Ridge Nation, and Papa Jack. Yeah. Because, um, man, I, lo- I, I listen to it every week. I mean, religiously. Uh, it's it, it's great music. It's independent acts. You've heard a lot of the bands on here that he, I've heard from there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, definitely give those, you know, give him a listen and give that show a listen. And, you know, Mike, speaking of music, speaking of the pay-per-view, it all does wrap up here because, like I was saying, you know, we usually will do a review of the show. And we were going to. That was our plan. We were going to review Joy, uh, January Joyride yes. in, in depth and go into a lot of detail. But we decided to push that back for a week, and we're going to do that next week. Um, because this week, circling back to music, you know, you guys obviously know, and everybody out there should probably know by now, that the world of music lost, I mean, man, an absolute great. I mean, there, there's very few greats out there like i'm I'm talking iconically great musicians i'm talking people that are exalted above everybody else there's very few man it's a very exclusive club and unfortunately the world lost one uh on tuesday and that's neil peart from rush uh the drummer yeah and we all didn't find out until actually yesterday uh right. friday friday right uh, about that I tell you, man. Um, so I, you know, I hit you up. Me and Wayne, we were actually texting a little earlier that yeah, day about Warren yeah, Zevon. Yeah, right. You know, which is this is actually the first show that Wayne will be on that is not a Warren Zevon show. We <laughs> decided not to do the Warren Zevon. We this is a tribute to Neil Peart. This yes, is right. uh, remembering Neil Peart and uh, what he's done for the world of music and just us personally. Um, and, and so I thought it was kind of kind of strange that we were just texting and talking, and then this happened. So I hit up Mike. I was like, you know, dude, we need to we need to do something for this because that this one kind of hit me, brother. Yeah. I mean, I love yeah. Rush. Yeah. I mean, I, I had my Rush shirt on day in tribute, right. and um, and Mike's like, yeah, you know, let's do it. I said, well, you know, if we're going to do anything about music, then we got to bring Wayne on. Yeah. And you know, you were available, uh, thankfully, and it, it, the stars did align. Yeah. And um, I appreciate it, guys. Hey, man, I mean, we appreciate you being here once again. I know it's short notice. And, well, uh, like I say, it, it, I appreciate it. it. It's a, it's a, it's a good tribute because this, this, like you said, it, he was just one of those type of people that, that you you use the word you know superstar way yeah. over much, but it's just with him, it was just it was suitable and yeah. and just talented beyond all belief, oh, yes. just unreal. I mean, when you have the vast majority of the population, both just regular people like us, as well as other musicians who who pretty uniformly will tell you that he was the greatest drummer ever. I mean, I right. mean, I'm talking any. I've always said rock and roll drummer, but Mike, you know, you had corrected me in in the weekly wrestling wrap up. You're like, no, nah, man, not rock and roll. 
of all of all yeah Yeah. of all i mean i'm talking buddy rich i'm talking you know these other that that neil peart looked up to and idolized right surpassed surpassed even you know now he may have argued that if he was still alive you know because you know man (laughs) i'm a nerd about rush I think about Rush. Right. Like, literally, I and I was thinking about Rush yesterday morning. I, I hand to God, guys, before I heard the news, Rush crossed my mind, as right. they tend to, tend to do a lot. And I got to thinking about how everybody, especially musicians, especially music. I'm a bass player. Getty Lee is my hero. Right. When when, when they write the book on my life, it, they will say Getty Lee was the most influential hero, musically speaking, of Jason Finger, because he is. And right. that was obviously Rush's bass player you know forming the rhythm section with with get with a uh, neil peart and i was thinking about it yesterday morning i'm like you know everybody especially musicians takes rush so seriously but the people who didn't take rush seriously was rush right that's what i love they had a sense of humor oh yeah about yeah. their standing in the community of rock and roll and how people took them seriously in fact uh, and the reason i was thinking that i remember this skit <coughs> And I can't remember who did the skit. It was a couple of comedians. But Rush was in the skit, and they were backstage to meet Rush. And that was the big thing for these guys. I wish I could remember who it was. But it shows the three of them, Alex, Getty, and Neil, walking in the back. And, you know, especially Alex Lifeson, dude, he is probably one of the funniest, most, you know, just humorous guys in, in rock and roll, maybe the world even. But Alex was like, hey, did you guys see that there was a girl in the audience? And Kenny's like, yeah, I saw that. And Neil's like, I think that's a record. You know, but they're literally, and the whole the whole premise of the skit, there's this beautiful looking sandwich in the backstage. of like, Neil Pierce, do not touch. And one of the comedians takes a bite out of it. It is it's funny stuff, man. Was that the... Uh Jason Single and Paul Rue? I think it was. Mike. Okay. I think it was. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, you have these technically sound musicians. I mean, I'm talking like, dude, there's progressive rock, and then there's Rush. I mean, these right, guys, right. I mean, dude, the solo, the bass solo of Tom Sawyer has two or three different time signatures just within that. Do you know how fucking hard that is to learn to play, guys? I'm a bass player. <laughs> I have no idea. It's I fucking no. hard, yeah. man. Hey, hey, let me tell you how hard it is to play a bass. I don't, hey, 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 thank I don't, you. Yeah. Give it to me. I'll sit here and look at it for an hour. Right. I mean, I can make it make some noise, but <laughs> when I first started playing bass, uh, discipline playing, when right. I started taking lessons and really trying to learn this thing, I tried to learn Getty Lee. And, dude, I'm telling you, even especially back in that day when I was learning off a cassette deck, I, it was kind of hard to pick up. I was getting up. ready to say, you, you pick probably the ho- the highest level to start at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> there was no, I, I didn't start with any, um, I'm trying to think of a, a minor league base player. You no, know, yeah, no, man. I can't man, think of yeah, one right he, now either, but I mean, you should have started like maybe on a guitar hero or something. So, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I say, you, you really did set yourself, uh, uh, I mean, I guess that's good to set a high goal, but I mean, yeah. it's, it's also easy to get frustrated yes, on that. Yes, which I did. Yeah, which but, I did. Uh, it, I mean, you know, you. I've seen some of their live performances, <sighs> and just to see the kit that Neil Dude. had, mm. that was a mountain yeah. of percussion, yeah. man. Yes, yeah. and no, he played no, it all, and, and yeah, yeah, and and nobody could have played that. No any wasted better than him. space. None. No, no wasted Mike. space. You know, we saw a lot of drummers, especially coming up during like the hair, hair metal era, yeah. when when it was. Um, it was really arena. cool to yes the arena rock excessiveness everything yes. was in excess girls drugs the everything was in excess including a lot of drum kits that maybe the guys would use in one song one time maybe 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 yeah when neil appeared on the other hand right everything that you saw and dude i mean he literally was surrounded yeah with the exception of say like Alex Van Halen. True, Alex right. used his. That, yeah. That's another one of those great drummers. Right. You know, I'll definitely put Alex in a higher echelon, but he was still not. No. Would do nobody. No. There's... And and another thing too is that uh, when he would play, I mean, and you talked about you know who he admired like uh, Buddy Rich, right. and but he started off and he will tell or he would have told you you know he had that transition. He played in. Uh, britain for a while right and right. he was mod- he was modeling himself more after like a, a keith moon yes right. yes but when he came back that's when he started studying and i don't know if you've ever heard of this guy he's one of the greats uh, gene krupa who I'm was a, familiar oh he was one of the early drummers from back in oh, started in the 30s and the 40s there's there's a movie he was in gene krupa was in 
where it was just a scene in a nightclub where he takes out a box of matches and two stick matches and starts playing the box. It's incredible. And, and jamming it. And jamming it. Yeah. And in, in, at the end, he just and lights both matches to, to end <laughs> <Wow>. the song. <laughs> And it's, like I say, that's who he started to emulate was him and Buddy Rich and the other jazz players like that. Not, like I say, not getting away from rock and roll, but getting right. into a more uh, disciplined, I say, right. uh, way of playing the drums. And that was just incredible to me. And I'll tell you, man, one thing. And, Mike, you know, I want to get your uh, perspective because you were a drummer at yes. one time. In fact, right. when we became friends, that was how it wasn't contrary to popular belief. It wasn't through wrestling. It was through the music right. scene. I was, uh, I think I was actually still playing guitar at that time when we first met. And then I switched to bass right. shortly thereafter because we couldn't find a bass player, right, which right. was the best thing that ever yeah. happened to me, dude. I mean, I really took to that instrument. But, Mikey, as a drummer, yeah. Um, Man, won't you give give some of your perspective of of, of this man? I know with him, you know, I always had my heroes, um, Randy Costello, oh, uh, yeah. from you know Ozzy, Ozzy, uh, yeah. Ozzy obviously. Uh, Tommy Aldridge yeah. was another. Um, as I said Alex and Halen, um, a lot of those guys, but Neil was was kind of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was the, the high tier. Right. You know, that was, you know, um, I know with Alex and, say, Randy and, and a lot of those guys, there was a lot of flash. Sure. You know, but Neil was, you could see it. There was just so much going on up here. You, you could see it in his head that he was like, you know, 10 moves ahead. Yeah. So technical. Yes. You know, it was it was amazing. I've always said Rush was a thinking man's band. Yes. I've yeah. always said that. And I think that, that what you just said really encapsulates that, dude. Um, and, and I remember you, you know, from back in the day, I remember Tommy Lee was also yes. pretty yeah. big. Uh, once again, man, these guys were great. Uh, I, every single one of those right. drummers were great. But it's like you said, man, there was something about Neil. Th there's a real fine line. Gar Samuelson, you know, from Megadeth was another. Oh, and, yeah. you know, Gar Samuelson was a huge, I mean, uh, very accomplished uh, jazz drummer. Exactly. You could Which, and, I mean, you know, and you're playing in Megadeth. It's, wow. You've got to be great. Yeah. And, you know, jazz drumming, I think, sometimes gets overlooked, yeah. especially in the rock and roll community, of how intricate and how difficult. I mean, jazz in general, yes. man, you know, I yeah. mean. It's just so free form and improvised. Yeah. I mean, you got to be whatever instrument you're playing in jazz. You got to be on top of your game. Yes, to be able to do that. A lot of jazz has to do with, like you say, the free form and the jamming of it. As far as you know, being able to pick up where somebody else leaves off, and yes. that's what a good drummer can do. Right. Or even like you say, uh, uh, Mike would say, he he's the one that can sort of set things up not not just sort of set the beat or the pace but sort of set the way the music is going and the style yeah, right, and, right. and you talk about some of those jazz drummers that could do it and and not saying that the rock drummers couldn't do it either there were some really i mean you sure. know like, and somebody else like bonham you know could uh, oh, bottom was another one yeah so who could who could just play well, like that hold on one second did you just put over a led zeppelin member i did well, I mean, because you know, John Bonham was absolutely amazing. I know, I know, he's not a fan of Zeppelin, but I mean, I'm seriously, not, he's not I'm, not. I'm not a fan of Robert Plant and Jimmy, Jimmy Page. Page. Jimmy Page, John I'm Paul not. Jones, and, and Gonzo, dude, was one of the best. I don't think they're the best right. rhythm section, but I think they're in the top three. Yeah. You know, definitely yeah. right. And and like I say, but you even if you don't like the band, you can appreciate the yeah. musicianship of somebody like Bonham. Right. But it with somebody like you know uh, Neil. His, uh, like I say, technical skill, and but like I say, he didn't. It wasn't like he was rigid either. I mean, no. he was. He could flow, flow right like there. water, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it yeah. was just beautiful to listen to. I mean, some people say you know you can't have a good you know drum solo that lasts too long, but I mean he could make it sound <laughs> great. Yeah. I mean he could make it sound awesome. You know, speaking of drum solo, something that I want to bring up, and I'm glad you brought that because I, I did definitely want to talk about this. I had I had the absolute pleasure of seeing Rush twice, um, and I've been to some other concerts, obviously. Right now, Mike, I, I know you. I don't. You never got to see Rush, did you? No. 
But I know you've been to his other concerts where they have drum solos. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, and, and Wayne, I'm sure you have as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Now, is it, is it not the usual norm that when a drum solo happens is when everybody gets up to pee, they go get a hot dog, they usually. go get a beer? Usually. That's usually with any solo. Any solo, whether it's guitar. Any solo. That's, that's kind of the, 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 cue, the break. The cue to get up. Yeah. The only time I didn't leave during a solo was when they would do the cowbell, but that's a whole other. Well, no, that's, right, a whole, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a whole other. Yeah. That's, that's <clears throat> the next level, brother. Yeah. yeah. Dude, when Neil Peart's solo began, everybody was at their seats. Yeah, that was when you did right. not see. And I remember, um, Wayne, you didn't. I don't. You didn't get to go to this concert. Uh, but back at the Country Corner era, you know, that was first time I got to see Rush. It was myself, right? Uh, and guys we all worked with. It right. was John Harkey, uh, Donnie Grooms. May he rest in peace yeah. as well. Uh, God bless Donnie, and also my brother Brian. Right. Brian Turner, we all went to see Rush that night. And I think it was John Harkey that made that comment and made me see that. He was like, hey, you notice how nobody's leaving for this solo. Right. right. Yeah. And I was like, wow, because I'd already been in some concerts before that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. and dude, it was, I, I dare say the highlight of yeah. the show was to see Neil Peart perform live yeah. his drum solo. It was Dude, it was magical, Wayne. Yeah. I mean, guys, you know, it was absolutely magic to see this man. Work. You're seeing an absolute master of their craft yeah. at work. Yeah. And it was, well, there you know, and we talked about this earlier with Tommy Lee. There was definitely a big difference to where you wanted to see Neil play, right, because of how he played, and say like Tommy Lee, you wanted to see his drum solo because of all the theatrics yes. that he put into it. He always yeah. went the extra mile for those the flashy theatrics and, the, and yeah. stunts, stunts. It, it, it was stunts for what it is, right? Yeah. Which is cool, yeah. And I mean, it's a definitely. Yeah. Um, entertaining and it showmanship, shows right, right. showmanship is never a problem for me yeah. If, yeah. if you are out there giving it your all to entertain i got no problem yeah. with you if exactly. you're halfing it you know shit sit down shut right. up. stop but, but stop. For, yeah. for a tommy lee drum solo by itself so, no man not so much but now with a, a you're a, probably not going to sit down for it you're going to go get a beer right i mean that's what you're going to do yeah. you're going to go to the bathroom you're, two different levels exactly man yeah. and you know uh just and i know this isn't about van halen but i know you brought up alex yes i'll say the same thing about eddie's guitar solo i got to see eddie one time once again nobody left their seats right this thing yeah. you know, i was seeing a virtuoso master yeah. at work eddie got a lot of flack at one time because people were saying that he was just trying to be not 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 be proficient but be too flashy like you say right he was trying to do the entertainment with the facial expressions yeah. and stuff like that i think he went overboard with that but i mean i think he was just he was just trying i'm not going to give him grief about that because his playing was proficient yes, it sir. was good and i also think man that he was drunk as hell at the time mostly, too. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> he looked like a like a joe satriani now there you a go virtuoso that yes. you know maybe not so much entertaining and flashy right but yeah, you know, like I said, proficiency. Yingve, yeah. I'll put Yingve in that category. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a little pretentious. If you ever, <laughs> you ever, you ever heard any yeah. of his uh, promos? But you know, speaking of pretentiousness, uh, that I think was, the way you say his name is pretentious. <laughs> is it not Yingve? Huh? Is it not Yingve? I thought you said Yingve. 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 <laughs> I call him Yingve. <laughs> Yingve. No, 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 I thought we were talking no. Japanese, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> Let's say like a like a uh, like Ace Frehley solo yeah theatrical yeah theatrical. gene simmons bass solo very theatrical all right let's <laughs> talk about <laughs> the, <laughs> let's talk about the gene simmons bass solo for just a second can, can we not open e open e <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fire a lot of blood i mean it's it's that a, was it that was it yeah that, that was, was it well i got to see ace fraley one time the loudest show i've ever been to it was uh -huh. in a club and we were right up front man my ear drained for two days it was awesome same thing, man. The guitar solo. And I love Ace Frehley. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love Ace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, is that his guitar solo or him speaking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Couldn't tell if that was a solo or an introduction to the song. Shock uh, me. I, I mean, it's a good song, man. I'll, I'll jam that right yeah, now. I will, too. Oh, I love oh, it, I dude. Ace it, was always my favorite Kiss yeah. member. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's good music, but like you say, the proficiency eh, right. is questionable. Yeah. Now, don't get me yeah. wrong, man. I can put on some Kiss, old Just, school. Oh, I, absolutely. Two different levels. Yeah, I, I, and different I'm, levels, and I'm, not, I'm not putting it down. It's like, you know, you can listen to somebody play an acoustic guitar that's halfway decent, and it sounds good. It sounds fine. But it's, he's not going to sit over there and start, you know, Roy Clark in it up. Yeah, right. Exactly. A whole I mean, different level. A whole man. different level. And and 
you know, what was that joke somebody said about Kiss one time? The uh, producer was going into the studio and heard something really good. And he said, wow, that was great. What happened? He said, Gene dropped his bass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd actually heard rumors that, that they would bring bass players in. Oh, yeah. And, and oh, Gene yeah. would use say that he did it. You yeah. know, that was a rumor going around. Um, but, you know, guys, we were just talking about Yngwie and being pre- uh, pretentious. I think a lot of progressive rock bands, going back to Rush here, could get pretentious. Okay. You know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of something like, well, you know, and I love this band, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to put them a little on blast with somebody like a Dream Theater, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe even Yes to a certain degree. All right. Could tool? Get a, tool? Tool, because they're considered progressive, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit on the heavier, darker side mm-hmm. of progressive. If you want to go back a little bit, you too could get pretentious as hell. Yeah, yeah, very, very pretentious. Yeah. Man. King and, Crimson? Hell, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer? Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, you know they they had their moments. They really right. did, and and you could tell in interviews with with some of those guys where they were, you know, when somebody would spout like a certain line of literature, you go, oh come on, come on, man, yeah, yeah, exactly. You got a little pretentious. I always thought Rush walked that line beautifully. Yeah, yeah, you know because they were very technical. They were very, but they were self aware. Very self aware. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. You're you're dead on. Yeah, they knew it and they worked it yeah uh, i mean like look at like by tour and snow dog you know <laughs> for instance or the necromancer the necromancer is probably my favorite rush song yeah. of all the time yeah. i yeah. love that song yeah. it's a little pretentious it is but but you know man we and, and I, i'm glad i brought that up because we're talking about how uh, proficient of a drummer and percussionist a master of drums that neil peart was but one thing that we got to remember too is he was the lyrics guy right. Oh yeah, he wrote this stuff. He wrote novels, man. He wrote science fiction novels, and and a genius at it. Yes, Uh, and not not this wasn't just some you know uh, sideline thing. He did this seriously, seriously, dude. If if if, you know if you read his books, he's he's got he's got a great. Yes, pardon me. He had a great mind. Yes, and and very like I say, science fiction based. And a lot of these Rush albums, oh like man, what was it? Uh, Okay, Hemispheres twenty one twelve uh farewell to kings right that was a trilogy right you know i mean and he basically wrote this story 2112 is basically a rock opera and this all came from neil dude this guy was multifaceted i mean to say he was a genius i'm i'm thinking is actually not giving the word genius enough props because he was next level he was a beyond a genius in my opinion because i mean he wrote the lyrics because getting out to tell you they weren't the best lyric writers but the thing of it also was, like you say, the musicianship, the the imagination to write the lyrics, yes. and uh, like you say, being self-aware, yeah. they didn't take themselves too seriously. No. They, Everybody they, else did, right? right. right. Yeah. And I've got no, I, I've got more respect for them for the fact that they could joke about themselves yes. or just have, you know, have a good time. Yes. If you've ever watched any of, I mean, I, you've seen them in concert, oh, but yeah. if you've ever watched any of the YouTube live videos of them playing. They played an out, outdoor show somewhere one time that I cannot remember where it was, but it was just, they were up there ha- laughing and having yeah. fun and playing like mad. Man, the last time I got to see them on the 30th anniversary show, and I really had, I didn't make it to the 40th. Right. I wanted to go to that one. I didn't make it. But, dude, they started out with the Three Stooges theme song. Right. Now, man, I'm yeah. going to tell you right now, if somebody <laughs> else went to a Rush fan and said, oh, man, those guys are the Three Stooges, it's going to get hostile. Yeah. But Rush... We'll get up and then it showed three monkeys. Yeah, dude, they they did uh, the the beginning of the uh, Time Machine DVD. It shows them going through. It's a comedy skit. It's great. They took. They were. They. It's like Mike. You just said they were self aware of how technical and and I guess borderline pretentious their music could get. Right. They ran with it right. and flipped the script. Dude, I, Alex Lifeson's Hall of Fame speech will forever go down in history yeah. i mean whatever you thought of it, it it would be the most memorable speech in hall of fame history absolutely absolutely and just to kind of uh quote him blah 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 i mean dude that's all that was, he did that was exact quotes that was it that was that was exactly <laughs> yeah. what alex lifeson did Verbatim. <laughs> for 100 percent. and if you see getty's expression he is like what in the fuck is he doing <laughs> right, right yeah yeah and when he first done and all, you know, dude, I was one first. Is, I mean, because there, there you go. That's another pretentious. Uh, Thank you. Event, the setup. Thank or, you. Or the, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, Mike, I'm glad you brought up the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I know that this is not a Warren Zevon show, 
which is kind of weird since we usually don't talk about Warren Zevon on <laughs> right, those exactly. shows. Yeah, so it, w- it would be perfectly mm. fine at this point because, Wayne, you were telling me a Zevon story before right. we hit record about the Hall of Fame. Right. And I know this is a, a remembering Neil Peart, but let's talk. I want you to tell the puds out there what you were telling me about why Zevon is not in the Hall of Fame and why he might never be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Back in 1978, right after Excitable Boy took off, I mean, he was. Uh, a darling at the record labels but he also was a horrendous alcoholic yeah. i mean he I, before I, I knew he had alcoholic and drug problems for forever but i just finished the, the biography called nothing's bad luck and it's one of those great books and if you get a chance to i i, I rec if you if you like stories about people who are talented but troubled this is an yeah. awesome story but he went in 1978 back when springsteen was also way right. on his rise right. up i mean this springsteen uh had been touted as the future of rock and roll right. by time magazine for goodness sake and uh for those of you young people out there a magazine something <laughs> you would get and you would flip pages it had pictures and ads for cigarettes <laughs> And Bruce uh, Springsteen was a singer. And, and Bruce Springsteen <laughs> not was a rapper. A no, no, not a rapper. It's like a TV in book form. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Dude, Mike. <laughs> but, Bring up uh, TV again. <laughs> uh, Zevon and, and Springsteen, of course, were buddies. And uh, he wanted to go see Springsteen at uh, uh, one of his concerts. And, uh, you know, of course, get him backstage, everything. Blackout drunk. Just totally blacked out drunk. And, and also, there were all the. Mo- music executives including the guy who founded and and owned rolling stone magazine jan winter well warren got so messed up and yelling at everybody he <laughs> fell and destroyed some equipment <laughs> instruments for springsteen now springsteen himself himself picked warren up walked him outside because he was being nice to him yeah, sure, right, and got right. him a cab because he was too drunk to be anywhere <laughs> jan winter said that night he will never be in my magazine ever again. And the guy who was with him was the, I cannot remember his name, but he was another music industry executive. Later on, he and Jan founded and built the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and both of them had said repeatedly, Warren Zevon will never, yeah. ever be inducted wow. into this institution. Which I think is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a perfect yeah. legacy, because I, I, I know me and you, Wayne, both are on that Facebook page, Warren Zevon, induct Warren Zevon to the right. Hall of Fame. Now I'm like, if they ever do, I'm, I may riot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't want yeah. them in now. Yeah. I, I, I've quit voting. You know, I, I yeah. don't go on there anymore to do the fan votes and stuff. No, I don't, I don't, don't care about it. No, yeah. I don't either, man. Yeah. But but I will say, you know, it's one of those, the Hall of Fame is just one of those weird, weird conundrums for me because just like the, the WWE Hall of Fame, which right. is the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, it is. It's, it's the recognized yeah. one. And just like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm like, I don't care who's in there. I don't care who goes in. But then when somebody goes in, I'm like, hey, good. Mm-hmm. They, they finally yeah, – yeah, yeah. yeah. They got it, recognized. Yeah. And, just and, like, and I don't have no problems with that. you know. And like you say, any kind of event like that where it's the industry patting itself on the back, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt right, because yeah. they're, they're the ones that are saying, look at us. Look at how good yes. we did. Look, look at us. Yeah, let's put ourselves over. Yeah. I think what I do like about both the Rock and Roll and the, and the uh, WWE Hall of Fame is it's one of the few times you maybe get to see one of those old school bands or wrestlers you know that you haven't seen in years right sure. you, you know it's like well hey at least we get to see him on tv again i mean right. when was the last time rush was on tv yeah. you know and and that that's one of those things where uh, i and we're going to go I'll, I'll sort of walk a line here it's where it's, it's good to have the internet now because you can go see your favorite bands sure. and you can see that's the true. live performances yep. that's true I, I know that a lot of people you know uh consider uh, uh this uh television but it's not <laughs> but <laughs> But you know, Mikey, no. <laughs> I like I like to see. I, I, and you know, there are some live performances that are not good. And there's some like you know with the uh, Rush that are just amazing, amazing. amazing. Well, you know, we were talking about how they just never took themselves seriously. I think for the last ten years, they actually toured with washing machines and dryers 
to this day, I don't really know. I never did understand that, but it was funny. But, but it was Rush. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, it, it was, was Rush. Funny yep. as heck. And Getty Lee would wear on the um, on the DVD. I can't remember. I think it was the 30th anniversary DVD, or maybe it was Rush and Rio. They, that's one thing I'll say about about Rush, man. They continuously release DVDs and albums. They right. yep. they stayed on top yep. of that marketing aspect as well. And people bought them up. I bought them up. Yep. You 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 have to keep making new music. Yep. There's so many artists that just and and I understand that you know the the nostalgia factor but there's so many artists that just really once you get stuck in that rut you 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 sort of lose like your spontaneity yes. and your, your love of the yes. traveling yes but you know going back to the 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 sense of humor um getty lee wore a, a shirt that said rash <laughs> that was spelled like i mean come on man who does that there is so many yep. dude Mike, I know you can attest to this, Wayne. I don't know if you can or not, but we know band members just around the area right. that take themselves too seriously. Right, exactly. Uh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, people, oh, yeah. And but now you have the the truly one of the greatest rock and roll bands with the greatest musicians. I've always said when you're in a band where Alex Lifeson's kind of considered the low end musician. I know, right? Dude, this guy <laughs> yeah. is a virtuoso. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I. In fact, sometimes I hate the fact that Alex doesn't get the recognition he deserves. Because right. once again, man, he is next level. Yeah, he is up there, but he's overshadowed by by Neil and Getty. Because, yeah, because there's not a lot of drummers and bass players that get in that category. Right. Whereas every yeah. guitarist, yeah. you know, yeah. tends to be compared right. to these people. But you think about the, when the first time you heard Rush. How many guys did you think was in that band? Oh, a hundred. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Oh, yeah. Uh, Definitely not three-piece. No. For sure. No, man. I would never thought that. And the voice of Getty Lee? Come Mm -hmm. on. Now, that's astounding. Now, here's my thing about Rush and Getty Lee's voice. Uh, Obviously, I'm a huge fan of his bass playing, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. When I first started listening to Rush, it it is an acquired acquired taste for his vocals. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'll say about that because when I first started listening to Rush, I was like, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like it mm-hmm. at first. I didn't like right, the vocals right. at first. I, I'll, I'll admit that. But after you hear it more and more, you realize a couple things about Gailey's vocals. One, no one else could sing those songs. Right. No one else could no. sing Red Barchetta, no. Tom Sawyer. I mean, Beethoven, the Snow Dog. No one else could sing those songs. And something else. Getty Lee is one of those few vocalists in rock and roll that got better technically as a vocalist the longer he went on. Because he went from that kind of screaming sort of, which I love that early 70s rush, man. I love that yeah, yeah Yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, that's what I call it. But man, on Clockwork Angels, the last album they released in 2012, and I want to talk a little bit about the stages of Rush at some point as well. His vocals are, are, I mean, dude, they're probably the best they've ever been on a technical like I say, he doesn't do the yeah yeah type stuff anymore, and 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 you can understand that. But sure, he got older, got older, got wiser. You 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 have to be able to adjust yourself. Yes, to that. and become a musician with it. I mean, look at Vince Neil. Well, uh, it's, <laughs> I, I was actually going to circle around to Metallica, where I thought Hetfield. To me, I liked older Hetfield, and yeah, and yeah, Hetfield yeah. kind of went to the yeah yeah, yeah. later on. Yeah, later on. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Getty would sing kind of in that high-pitched, almost screaming-like, you know, in the beginning, you and know, like the first you say, few albums. nobody could imitate that. No. I mean, you could no. imitate it, but it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good. No. no. And like I said, it wasn't a choir taste for me, but, you know, I want to talk a little bit about my first introduction to Rush was my brother Brian, and it was, once again, the Country Corner crew, all you guys, and I remember Brian was like, and going back to Neil Peart, dude, you got to hear this drum solo on YYZ on exit stage left it was that album it was that drum solo that was my first album i bought on cassette and i was like oh my god right. man what is yeah. this and now right. and then those guys really pushed it john was another our friend john harkey was like yeah. oh yeah man it's the greatest drum solo of all time and <clears throat> my god he was right yeah you know brian was right he's like catch stage left to this day it remains one of my because we taught live albums last time you hear that right. one is in my top three man because of not only how great it is but because of that drum solo and that song and, and that um what's the word i'm looking for man just sort of that nostalgic type you know it's what i got turned on to yeah. right you know? what about you guys what was some of the first rush songs that really i know you mike was tom sawyer obviously tom sawyer like i said on the uh the uh weekly wrestling wrap-up that that was it. That was my introduction to, to Rush. Was hearing Carrie Von Eric come out, 
using that theme song in World Class Championship Wrestling. And I heard it, and I was like, boom. <laughs> you know, it's like, Yeah, that first whoa. open. Yeah, man. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's probably one of the first times that I remember, you know, like rock and wrestling you know being intertwined and it it just made sense yes it was just like okay this just made carrie von eric larger than life right what is this music yeah and and it's like the same way with the road warriors with iron man black Sabbath. oh my gosh yeah dude it scared me i I need to have this music (laughs) where is this music who is this this music scares and confuses me i love it yeah i mean seriously yeah um, what about you, Wayne? What were some of your first memories of Rush? Way back uh, when radio was still the thing that you first got introduced <laughs> to music on. You mean uh, the thing you can listen to on YouTube? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing that you listen to on YouTube now. But uh, there was a great station out of uh, Hickory that uh, used to play, and they would play the whole freaking the albums. albums. Yeah, man. And, and what, there, what was that? That 90, was uh, 957, wasn't it? It was no 951. 951 and Q. No, Q, was no, it 95.1 the Q? Uh, no, it was, it was 95.7 was 95 the Q, seven. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was yeah. Q. Yeah. And, and the thing what of it was, was they Hickory. Were, <clears throat> yeah, it was out of Hickory. 95. Had, yeah. No idea about <clears throat> yeah. this. Yeah, one. yeah, man. Oh, it was yes. awesome. They Not would play. They would have yeah. Saturdays where they would play the whole albums. Well, now 95.1. Okay, now what did they become? The Rod. Right. No, no, that was 95.7 is the Rod. Okay. Okay. And they're they're still pretty good as far as they're the, the assholes that played the Led Zeppelin. The, yeah, yeah, yes, man. Yeah, it's their way to heaven for not like, not the ride, but you know, one what the station itself whenever they yeah, changed over in the nineties. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that and then it yeah, that was kinda Yeah, it was yeah. Yeah. but yeah. that's where I started I got a story about that because yeah, yeah. on Saturdays, you know, they would play the albums. And that's how I would find out about music. That and my buddies, you know, I learned about Warren Zevon from uh my buddy uh scott uh who we all know was probably the one of the most music icons in this town right and uh you know uh but uh rush i i heard that on you know the the uh station and i'm sitting there going whoa and they just played the whole thing all the way through do you remember which album it was one i cannot remember which one it was but it was so good to me because like i say it just like say it would go into one song to the other and yet i could hear the 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 music the lyrics and like i say the singer to me when it first started off i think i had a, a little bit more of a of a reaction to it of a oh god this is great yeah because, right because i like the fact that you know he would get out there and just you know shout it out back then this yeah. was in 70s shout it out but like i say as as i got you know to up to the music stores and got to listen to them and things like that and i found out about who they were and what they were that's when i really became a rush fan you know uh we were just talking about when that radio station i think it was 957 when they played stairway to heaven by led zeppelin for what four days yeah. five, uh, a week i think it was yeah, a, a solid it was, week it was awful and that was always uh kind of going back to where me and wayne used to work at country corner shout out to the old school country corner crew me and my brother brown were working there you know because we do that was a fun place and a cool environment to be in right well i know we always listen to 957 yeah. so you know we get in there and one of my first duties when i would clock in would be to go start the cooler that was always you know i had my little routine you know and then we had customers coming in and out, obviously. So, you know, we, as soon as we got in there, we turned Ray on because the lady in the mornings didn't, you know, uh-huh. listen to music. She was... Soap operas on her little television. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I hate the fact that I know a lot about the young and the restless. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to speak ill of that woman either, but I, I don't know if she's still living or not, I Wayne. Do not know, I don't know. Uh, she could be a little mean sometimes. A little mean. <laughs> a little mean. That's huh. all I will say about her. Huh? Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak ill because I haven't seen her in years. I don't know what her uh, condition is. But um, needless to say, she didn't listen to rock and roll radio. <laughs> not, a, not a bit. <laughs> no, not at all. So as soon as she would leave and me and Brian were there, you know, we'd turn on 95.7, you know, because we couldn't pick up the Fox too good. Right. Plus, back in those days, 95.7 was a better channel. It right. played better music. The yeah. Fox got to where they had that, uh, the, 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 the morning team of uh, John Boy uh, and Bill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they sucked. They were great for a long period of time. 
and then they hit a wall and, years and, ago. And they were they yeah, were on yeah. for so long They're in the morning time. Outdated. It was just outdated. like no music. Yeah. They would play. They would be on in the morning. Play very little music. It was their rip off skits. They stole stuff from. <laughs> they, <laughs> did, they did. They did. I mean, they borrowed. Could, they <laughs> like Led Zeppelin borrowed <laughs> from they, other bands. They never Jeez. had an original thought in their head. <laughs> now I love John Boy and Billy back in the day. I, right. I did too. I always thought they were just. I don't know. They were silly and entertaining. I liked yeah. it, but they did hit a wall. Oh, yeah. I think what John Boy and Billy messed up is when they started bringing so many different people on the show. Yeah. And it started being John Boy and Billy and so and so. Entourage. They had an entourage. Yeah. They right. did. Yeah. But uh, when they started doing the, the 957, I believe it was, when they started doing the Stairway to Heaven, you know, we as soon as me and Ryan get there, we turn on, well, guess what's playing? Stairway to Heaven. So anyway, a big rush came in. You know, we'd always have a big crowd about five o'clock when I'd go in. You know, the people getting off work. So I went back there. I stopped the cooler. I'm back there for a while, you know, because Gene. They were big coolers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the yeah, they were, man. And uh, the mean, the mean lady wouldn't do it, you know. So we get back there, yeah. you know, and yeah. I'd be back there stocking them up real good. That's got light time, son. Hey, hey, man, brother. It's yeah. like, yeah, you fuck your cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With Josh and Reba. It's like, uh, but I need a Pepsi. Fuck your yeah. Pepsi. You got light, bitch. But. Uh, <laughs> So I'd be back there for a while, man. Like you were saying, Wayne, it was a big, it was a big walk-in cooler, you know. And we also had the big rush coming in. We'd always sell, you know, a lot of drinks, obviously. So man, I went back there. And I come back out, stay with the heavens, still playing. And, and we had this big rush, you know. And me and Brian, and then you know, it kind of chilled out. Me and Brian start goofing like we always did, and always still do to this day. And I remember Brian was like, "Damn, how long is this song?" <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> This thing ever gonna oh end? my god, man! And I'm like, which is the way I feel with Led Zeppelin, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what. Which is probably what the people are thinking about the podcast. Oh my god, <laughs> like, god damn, yeah. man! You guys are still talking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, that was funny. Then they started playing it again. I'm like, wait a minute, dude, they're playing it again. I'll never forget about that nightmare weekend, because <laughs> I lived on the radio. Yeah. As a kid. Oh yeah, yeah man. Know? Yeah. Well, now wasn't it the same station that played "Shot the Monkey"? By Peter Gabriel. Now it's ninety five one. Oh man. Oh, that, that was another nightmare. Yeah, yeah that was man. awful. Yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Oh. Man. Yeah. Cause it was shock radio or something like that. Who, whoever whoever thought of this stuff was just an ass. I don't yeah, yeah. Man, fuck them. Fuck just those people. Utter ass. I mean, I don't know why you have a transition like that. You know? Yeah, who thought? Who's you like? Know, oh, this is a good idea. Here I am from you know, like watching WKRP on TV. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. When they made the transition from like the the easy listening music to rock and roll, and Johnny uh, Johnny <laughs> Fever just scratches the records. Like, all right, we're changing format. Format, yeah, yeah, man, done, done. Right. And then Whoa. goes booger, booger. <laughs> yes. Yeah, why I can't why show. can't they do that? I yeah, love yeah. that show. That yeah. was a great one, yeah. man. You couldn't do that show again today because no. nobody knows what radio. Well, is. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe you could do a podcast. Maybe well, I don't uh, think it would be as fun. Nah. I don't know. Depends on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> You'd have to erase well, the see, MP3 of course, instead of scratching the record. Yeah, uh, of course, yeah. that's you know, that's me watching WKRP and thinking that's how radio works. But, yeah, we, right, right. Well, boy, right. howdy, were we wrong? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, Mike, you said something about transitioning. From you know, easy listen to rock and roll or rock and roll easy listen. I should say, well, you know, Rush has some transitions in yeah. in their career. Uh, they had that early nice transition. A lot of transitions per song. I mean, right. no, nice transition from you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and people people think we script this shit. No, hey, man, it's on no. the fly, brother. This is calling it in the ring, man. This is yeah. flaring steamboat, baby. Sorry, I but, missed my line. <laughs> come on, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Jason. You did that well. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice segue. Hey. hey but, <laughs> but no, man, they did, you know, and a lot of Rush fans will, will be the first to tell you that. There's really about, in my well, in my opinion, about three different stages of Rush. You had that early classic era that a lot of people also may not realize did not include Neil Peart. Neil Peart didn't come into the third album. Right. Uh, they had two other albums, which are good. They're good stuff. But, man, Neil, that Crest is still being Neil Peart's first album. Right. Just next level, man. And the fact that he came in at that time i think was just perfect for them oh absolutely they were they, they were they were already changing you could tell yes and they needed that shot in the arm and they need those lyrics i mean like i said that was the album that had the necromancer right, on it i right, mean that right. song tells an entire story in, in itself including the transitions like 
like when the the song goes dark, you know, the key changes mm-hmm. to a minor key, and then when the heroes win, it goes to a major key. And did you hear the you audition know. story of when Neil showed up? He had a car full of garbage cans that had his drum kit in it. No, tell yeah. that story. Oh tell, no, it was it. just like that's just it. Like say they were sitting there waiting for this guy to come and, and audition for him, and they said this beat up old car shows up, and this guy starts taking out these huge trash cans, <laughs> and he's got his drum kit in the trash can so they don't get rolled around oh, in the car. But wow. like cases, right? So in the right. Car. Really, right. I've yeah. never heard oh, that. It was, I can imagine the picture there, and they said that you know who's this guy? He's going to play the trash cans, right. yeah. and, the, and that's what they said. They said, "What the hell?" And they and, and then they said that uh, uh, Getty uh, didn't get along with him at first. Just oh, really? No, they said he just sort of like, "What the hell is this guy's problem?" But then he started talking to him. He said, "Oh, oh." Oh, and then the play, and he said, "Well, hell, I mean, done." Yeah, you yeah. know. Well, they said Neil was definitely a unique individual. He was not very personable as the other guys. Like he didn't do the meet and greets as much. He was no. very more reserved. That's what they would say. They would know. they would make sure, and and they they even said this in one of their bios one time that they would make sure that on tours he was not required to be at a at a promotion. Yeah, or or the meet and greets and the backstage. Right, stuff. because they yeah, said yeah. he just it it wasn't that he was being an ass. It just wasn't him. It wasn't right. him. He wasn't a very and I know a lot of people like that. It's like, man, I just, you know, I'm not here for all that. I'm just here to play. And um, but you know, man, kind of going those transitions from that early guitar-driven stuff. Right. They went into you know what could be considered a little bit of a, di- a diversive time, or at least among the fans, divisive. So I'm trying to say a, a more synth, right? You know, because they even say, Alex Lyson even said, yeah, I wasn't really into some of the keyboard stuff. Getty was always on on top of that, but even right. Neil. Started using more electronic drums, things of this nature. You know, you had like Grace Under Pressure. Um, uh, what was another one? Um, oh, the one with Red Sector A on it. Uh, it's escaping me, man. But um, definitely more of an 80s, 80s vibe to them. See, that's another thing about Rush. They were not snobbish about going electronic. No. You you I don't I don't have a problem with electronic mu- music when it's no. well done. Right. But don't give me some idiot over here pushing sorry pushing <laughs> pushing one button all the time on a laptop. Yeah. Just going. Don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, if you can't play, don't play. Don't play. Well, it trips me out when I see DJs, and I mean nothing against DJs, man. I mean, yeah, if you can do it, you can do it. And if people, if there's a market for it, there's a market for it. But I mean, when you got a guy hitting a lap button on a laptop and head banging, yeah, come on, man, it's not the same. First time I ever saw. A guy have a scratch pad. Yes. There. Instead of an, I'm sitting there going, and he's going, wicker, wicker, wicker. I'm going, okay, <laughs> we've officially reached a critical mass here, folks. We've crossed the line. Yeah. The line has been crossed. But I mean, again, like I say, I don't want to disrespect the people who no. do that. I just think that at some point you have to realize that you're in kind of like a, not an altered reality, but not <laughs> real reality. You're not a musician. Exactly. I, I've always said it's musical craftsmanship. It is musical craftsmanship, right? But it's not musicianship. That's yeah. how I look right. at that. And and, yeah. the, you know. and and not to get off on a rant, but like I say, I, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, you're on the right show. If if you if your main talent is taking a beat from somebody else and putting it up with a beat from somebody else and putting it up with a beat from somebody, you're not a musician no. or songwriter. No, but but I do consider it craft. A- again, you, you I know, understand. Yeah. I understand that. That's a whole other thing. But do not call yourself a songwriter. Uh, uh, right, right. Or a musician. Finger steals beats all the time. I do all the time, man. <laughs> I, I, call, I call it a uh, stairway to heaven. <laughs> man, uh, yeah, we, we're not getting into that right now. We're not, we're not getting into right. that. Uh, but, you know, and the last transition going from the the early classic rock guitar driven transition into the 80s more pop-ish keyboard driven right then you know they kind of went full circle and went back to that more guitar driven progressive and do clockwork angels i don't know if you guys had an opportunity to listen to that album it, it, like I said, it was released in 2012, so it's it's you know pushing 10 years yeah, old. Yeah, it it was to me it was a really good album. It, it was I a, liked it a lot. It was a great album, and and I I like you know most not like most people. I went and bought it. And, you yeah, know, wow, really? Yeah, you know, I Wayne, feel, you know I feel you can, bad. You know you can acquire it for free online. I know, right? but saying. I feel no. bad. What well, for buying it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel bad for you, brother. <laughs> you know, I could have got that for you. Uh, Jason Finger steals beats. <laughs> <laughs> I steal whole albums. <laughs> no, no, I don't steal. I acquire. I, I acquire. It was them. shared with you. I, I sh- right. Sharing is caring, man. And yeah. I think we should share with everyone, including yeah. strangers off the internet. But, um, but, uh, Ew. You, 
you know, I do think that was really cool how they came full circle. And man, they never released a bad album. No. One thing I I found very interesting about Rush it was not that long ago uh, they had they you know since Rush did retire you know because Neil was just beat up even before I think even before he was diagnosed with brain cancer he was just man look look what the man did right every night I mean man playing drums dude even if you're a, a yeah. Charlie Watts type drummer which is a just which is a, you know I'm not you know that's a good solid drummer but even a one two one two three drummer. You're going to be tired. Oh, yeah. I go over to my friend Jeremy's house. He's a drummer, and I'll get behind and play his drums. And I'm not a drummer by any means. Dude, I'm talking 20 minutes, and I'm over here, like, huffing and puffing. Yeah. It, it Drumming is just one yeah. of those – it's it's a it's a marathon. It is. It really yeah. is. It is. And that's when you're a basic drummer. Now, do what Neil Peart does in every song. Right. Yeah. Man, you're going to get beat up. You're going to be tired. So he retired. And uh, so they were talking to Getty because, you know, Neil kind of shied away from the interviews as well. Right. But they were asking Getty, was like, well, is there any unreleased music, you know, anything in the vaults that we can look forward to? And Getty was like, no, not really. He was like, because every song that we work on, we finished it. Right. I was like, dude, yeah. that blew me away. Yeah. You don't see or hear about that. No. I mean, they yeah. never had a bad song, guys. Right. I mean, every song that yeah. they even remotely started working on became a full album release song man right. that is unheard of guys. that that is that is talent and dedication right there yes man it yes. really is and to not just take something that you've been struggling with and throw it in the, the <laughs> right light. i mean i understand the 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 need to do that sure, on some people sure. but for them to have just put everything out that's Dude, admirable as yeah. hell yes it is man and like i say it's unheard of and guys i know we're we are running a little long and oh, um, i'm sorry no brother that's a, no Wayne. we appreciate you being here but one thing that i'd like to try to end the show with uh, is a kind of a what i saw on one of their documentaries beyond the lighted stage uh, guys i don't know if you've all had an opportunity to watch that uh documentary on these guys because i've got a couple Mm-hmm. Uh, Beyond the Live Stage. I think it's on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't seen that one. It is phenomenal, man. Um, you know, Neil Peart, dude, he, he had a rough time because he lost his wife as well. Right. She had passed away. Right. And I forget what year it was, brother. I can't remember. 97, I think it, it was. That, that sounds about right, man, yes. But they had uh, lost their daughter before that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So he had a he lot of He had a lot of, of hitting at, at once. I mean, really. And they said, man, so he he took. they had a hiatus. You know, Rush went on hiatus for a while. And uh, in this documentary, he's talking about it. And he basically, he's a motorcycle uh, enthusiast as well. That's another thing. The, he traveled the North and South America, America. on his motorcycle yes. and wrote books about it. Yes. That's the kind wow. of guy you want to be friends with. <laughs> you damn wow. right, man. And this, and Wayne, correct me if I'm wrong, but this, he did that after his wife passed, right? right? Yeah. And he was talking about it. He's like, man, I got on my bike and I just drove. And I, and I drove across two continents. Wow. So when he came back, and he was like, okay, I'm getting back into music. At this point, man, you're probably thinking around 2000-ish, probably around the time Vapor Trails came right. out, probably around about that time. This guy has already been considered the greatest drummer of all time. At this point, man, we're talking 19-some years ago, he's already considered the greatest drummer ever. He is widely regarded as the greatest drummer to ever walk the earth at this time. What does the man do, guys? He goes and takes drum lessons. Yeah. That's why he was the greatest, yeah. guys. Because yeah. he understood yeah. that, hey, I can learn more. Yeah. He changed his style up from the Again. Reg- again. Again. In, in, in the early 2000s. This was 2000s. the third change for him. Yes. And he even said that he uh, went from, you know, holding the, the sticks the regular way mm-hmm. to holding them kind of like a pencil, you know, like the jazz drummer. Right. Uh-huh. He switched to that style. Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts style. Yes, yeah. man. Absolutely. Once again, man, let's, let's talk. Let's say that one more time. Neil Peart, after... I guess at this point, close to 30 years of being in Rush. Right. Mm-hmm. Considered above and beyond the greatest drummer ever. They were already in the Hall of Fame, weren't uh, they? Not at this point. Not at this point. They were still a couple years oh, okay. out. But but widely regarded as the greatest drummer, what does the man do? He takes lessons, man. And he had his tr- teacher with him on this documentary, and the guy's like, yeah, he's the best student I've ever had. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no shit. Oh. It's Neil Peart. But he said that, that he had never worked with anybody who was just so eager to learn because it was a jazz drummer. Right. Was, he, he went more to that jazz big right. band style. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, dude, I know people who, who've played guitar, bass, myself. Hey, man, I'm in this category. Oh, man, I don't need lessons. I already right. know how to play. Yeah. If Neil Peart after 20 took 30 years can go and take drum lessons 
by God, we can all get better oh, yeah. at what we do. Yeah. Exactly. Which yeah. is why that man, guys, was the greatest. Not just because of what he could do, but because he continued to learn. Yeah. He continued to better himself, and it showed, man. And the world lost a great, a great musician, a great guy, just an overall talent, guys. And uh, yeah. the world seems a little emptier today. Yeah. It really does. Well, Mike, brother. We probably ought to hit the stop button. I got I got to be somewhere in right. thirty minutes, <laughs> and it takes about forty to get there. there <laughs> All right, man. Uh, Wayne, thank you uh, hey, guys, for being with us here I can't today. Thank you enough. Again, this is always fun. Yeah, you know, anytime you're free, dude. I mean, yeah, man. You know, we always enjoy having you in here. We always say you raised the rent, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> and it was definitely one of those fun. impromptu things too. It was like, hey, dude, can you be in the studio yeah. tomorrow morning? Yeah, I'll be there. It's like, man, that's that's. Which is we always with us as impromptu. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's look that's at last MO. week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look at last week. You know, Wayne, I know we were talking about that. It's like, man, I'm glad I wasn't oh, here. Gosh. I, I wish you were. I, I mean, lost yeah. you some listeners. Oh, I'm surprised we actually got a couple <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, I know. We picked up some. Uh, or if we could have brought the Reverend in for that one, too, man, because yeah. he gets way yeah. into it, man. I don't know, Wayne. We might have argued, brother. We, uh, we, we you know. <laughs> well, it would have got us listeners. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I just don't want it to end in a bullet bloody fist fight yeah yeah no, me uh, either me yeah, either yeah. i'll be over like beat uh, up you know coming to you next week from the hospital well, if, it does, <laughs> well, if it comes to that we need to put it on tv we're going to we're going to promote it Wayne. we're going to promote and it, we're yeah. going to do commentary well on tv. <laughs> on tv on tv you see what he did right i there. saw him and he's he does that it. he does that shit so for part. jason finger and wayne sis <laughs> <laughs> wrestling and rush fans Thank you all for being yes. here and listening, and we'll see you next week. next week. Wayne, anything you want to end this with, bro? Oh, thank you for having me, guys. It's always fun. All right. Till next week. Absolutely. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun. That man. was fun, man. And not only that, David, I understand we're right at the end of our program. No. We have got to go. This has been a great event. There's some people out here that hate us for this. <laughs>